Hey everyone, I'm Phil. And I'm Willow. And it's, it's Del, Del Toro, Toro time. time. It's Del Toro time! It is finally Del Toro time. It is the ultimate Del Toro time. The, the ultimate actual. Del Toro time. We actually get to see the man himself. You can't get more Del Toro than this time, which is Del Toro time. Yep. We're excited. We just saw we just saw the boy walking around. Yeah, we did. Not the boy. Not the but boy. Our boy. Not uh, the boy, but <laughs> the boy known as Guillermo, Guillermo del Toro. Del Toro. Uh, this is a special. This is a special one. We are not doing the movie that we said we we're going to do. We couldn't watch it when we tried. <laughs> we had technical difficulties, and then midterms and things snuck up on us. So we are we are here with the first installment of Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet, Cabinet of, of Curiosities. Cabinet of Curiosities, uh, an eight-part Netflix series. Uh, produced by, created by, some written by, and hosted by our boy Guillermo the, del Toro, the boy himself, uh, the the boy who lives in the walls, the boy who's not a doll, uh, <laughs> Guillermo del Toro, hosted by the boy, the man hosted whose body Brahms. is a cabinet of curiosities, Guillermo del Toro. We got to see uh, his whole house in the uh-huh. introduction. <laughs> <laughs> the introduction, which is a surreal uh, wood-paneled nightmare, also mm-hmm. known as the Bleak his House. house. Yep. You know, it, it's not actually set in his house, but it no. could have been. And then we, we got a, a good old sneak peek into, um, oh, what was that movie? Uh, where they went into the the like fourth dimension. Um, Interstellar. Interstellar, right. <laughs> it is what if Interstellar, but a lot more uh, wood paneling. Yeah. Uh, is the intro to Cabinet uh, of Curiosities. Uh, I did not realize that he would be our host. I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. He's our crypt keeper. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so this is a horror anthology. Uh, and anthologies are kind of a big deal right now. Every every streaming service has their horror anthologies now. It's just a yes. thing. And uh, Netflix just so happens to have the best one. Uh, so far, I mean, uh, Shudder has the Creep Show anthology, mm-hmm. which has some Stephen King stuff in it, and a bunch of other anthologies. There's just anthologies, anthologies everywhere. And you take a chance with horror anthologies. Yep. You could have some good ones. You could have some bad ones. But if you have a bad one, chances are you're going to have a good one sooner or later. And um, at least it's usually fun if it's bad. Right. And these are these are short Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was only 45 minutes long. I thought this one was an hour long. Uh, it, it, it it lists at an hour, but this thing was only 45 minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, so it's uh, this is episode one. It's called Lot 36. Mm-hmm. And it is it is written by uh, Guillermo del Toro and Regina Corrado, who's a, who's a... I don't know if she actually says her name that way, but uh, Regina Corrado, uh, who is a uh, writer. She wrote for Deadwood. Uh, she wrote for John from Cincinnati, uh, Sons of Anarchy. So mm-hmm. she's a television writer. She wrote for The Strain. Um, and the story is by Guillermo del Toro, his own self. But it was directed by someone else. But it was directed by Guillermo Nav- Navarro, mm-hmm. who is Guillermo del Toro's, and many other people's, cinematographer. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a cinematographer on Kronos. He was a cinematographer on uh, Pan's Labyrinth. Just you name him, he did it. But he also worked with Robert Rodriguez. He's worked with Quentin Tarantino on Jackie Brown. He was the cinematographer for Spy Kids. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. He was the cinematographer for uh, Zathura by Jon Favreau, so, uh, which you watched with me. I did. And it scared you. It's All right. The- it's the one about the board game that takes the kids into outer space. 
Oh. Oh, it's, that it's weird, like, like, Jumanji, like... <laughs> it's the c- pseudo follow-up to Jumanji, Okay, yeah, yeah uh, I remember Based that. on the book by the same guy who did Jumanji. It's his yeah. sci-fi follow-up to Jumanji. I like that movie a lot. I'm a big fan of Zathura. Uh, I think I watched that movie more than I watched Jumanji. Yeah, me too. Me too. <laughs> uh, he also did uh, both uh, Twilight Breaking Dawns, which is why they are uh, the best-looking of the Twilight movies. Mm. Um, but yeah, so he's also directed uh, six episodes of Hannibal. He's directed for Narcos, Sleepy Hollow, Preacher. Uh, uh, so he, he's got a lot of directing credits for television uh, mm-hmm. already and, and a lot of uh, genre television. Yeah. So uh, this is Lot 36. And right off the bat, what did you think of uh, what did you think of the direction? I liked it. The end. Yep. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for joining us. This has been <laughs> No, I thought uh, I really wasn't entirely sure where it was going at first. Mm-hmm. I was like, are we going to be following the slow old man around the entire time? Right. Uh, but we weren't. Uh, this is not a story about a slow old man. Uh, I thought this. This. Uh, I thought it looked great. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I liked. Was... I liked the uh, the the the. Um, sort of montage uh background noise with the newscast and stuff mm-hmm. yeah so this 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 episode lot 36 um, oh we should say spoilers from here on out right we will be spoiling the episode so if you mm-hmm. haven't watched it i don't know why you're listening to this Maybe just like <laughs> our voices just like our voices it's yeah. available on netflix give it a, give it a look give it a um, look yeah it's a story of uh tim blake nelson who uh plays a uh, racist conservative yep who listens to racist conservative radio where they're allowed to swear. Mm-hmm. It's set in the 90s during the Gulf maybe, War. We, well, I was going to say maybe who's listening to a podcast, but it was set in the 90s during the Gulf War. It was War, set so in the probably 90s. Not. There's no podcast. <laughs> Plus, he's clearly listening to the radio. Yeah. Um, plays a guy who's who's in deep with like someone loan sharks. And yeah. he auctions and he, he bids on uh, on storage lockers that storage mm-hmm. facilities that have been abandoned uh and he's got like a partnership with the guy who runs the storage facility to be sort of tipped off to the stuff that might be the best yeah like most promising uh, uh storage room so he's desperate for cash and he's not a very nice guy not at all and uh in the past he is he has purchased a storage facility that uh, 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 a older, like a fifty-year-old woman, uh, comes like they auctioned it off, even though she hadn't abandoned it. She simply hadn't, like, they didn't have her proper, or they did have her proper return, of, like a new address, they, and they phone didn't number. Realized that it was her who had like called in. Yeah, yeah. The guy who runs the place is a little disorganized. Which is, have you seen the place? I mean, if you've seen the episode, you've seen the place. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a it's a falling. De- it's an old storage facility from the 1940s, mm-hmm. and uh, it's filthy and it's falling apart. Yep. <laughs> and uh, I don't want to be there because you and I have ex- experience with the storage facility. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I moved, um, we we had to go in there at times, and it's dark, and the uh, lights don't stay on. Yeah. Because they're on timers, and I it's scary. Get and I hate every it. time I went in there, what? I thought I was going to get murdered every time I went in there because I was it's... a child. Yeah, it's scary, and I hate it. I hate it so much. Yes. Um, Tim Blake Nelson. He plays Nick Appleton, and yeah, he's an unlikable. He's an unlikable racist, and yeah. so that he's he bought the woman's storage facility 
out from under her. She's asking just for family photos and stuff back from him, and he's racist at her and won't let her have them. Or yes. he wants a thousand dollars for them. Yeah. Yeah. So uh what is in what is in the storage facility that he purchased? Uh antique stuff and Nazi pictures. Yeah, a lot of a lot of uh photos of, of Nazis uh taken as you pointed out, like clearly at Nazi rallies. Yeah. Like during World War Two. Um, um I mean it, there's not like bins of photos. It's a single album, but <laughs> Right. But it also got pictures of a of a woman named Dottie. And the mother. Uh, Yes, and mm-hmm. and a mother and a giant table with a pentagram on it. Yes, and chairs and a candelabra. Mm-hmm. And also and, a fake uh, wall. I'm just going to say uh, that because I guessed it immediately. So, okay, so he's he goes to complain about the size of the storage room. He's like, it's too small. It's it's smaller than all these other facilities. And the guy and the guy who runs the place, uh, this guy Eddie is like, "Hey, what can I tell you? Like this place is this place is falling apart. It's inconsistent. Nothing is, you know, it was made a long time ago. I don't know what to tell you." And and Tim Blake Nelson, you you are immediately just like there's a false wall. Mhm. Like you were, um, you was immediately said it, and in my mind, I'm like, "What? No, it's just no." <laughs> there was a false wall, but we There's get to that wall. later. Yes. <laughs> um, he also finds a wreath made out of human hair. Yeah. Yeah. Which is uh, weird. Is that a well, thing? What? Is that a, a cult thing? I don't know. Is it? Let me look it up real quick. A wreath made out of human hair. Uh, I don't even know what you would call that. They're called hair wreaths or hair flowers. And what do, what do you do with them? They were a Victorian art form that took hair from deceased family members and friends and wove it into a wreath that could be hung in the home as a memento. So I'm assuming that the hair that was used is the hair of the victim. I don't like it. So he takes all the he takes the he takes a bunch of this stuff to mm-hmm. a uh, he's given a his friend Eddie gives him a, a name to go to this this yeah. woman who is a well, first he gets beat up. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he gets beat up by the people who are collecting money. But he gets sent to a woman named Amelia. Uh, she's great. I thought she was a witch. Um, she wears sort of like a Victorian dress, <laughs> like completely black with uh, one of those little, like, pendants. Okay, I got her name wrong. He goes to the woman. He, yeah, he goes to a woman. Na- her name is Agatha. I was confusing her with the... Uh, with the other woman, Amelia. With the other woman, yeah. Amelia is the name of the woman who uh, wanted, the, wanted the stuff back out of the storage locker. Yeah. Amelia is played by Elvidia Carrillo, mm-hmm. who is the woman from Predator. And I was very happy when I looked that up and I was like, that's why I recognize her. <laughs> Agatha is played by Martha Burns, who's a Canadian actress. She's been in like a ton of things. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, she's awesome. And she instantly recognizes all of this stuff as occult. Yeah, well, who wouldn't? <laughs> they find secret compartments in the seance table mm-hmm. that contain books of magic. Books Three books of, of magic. magic. Worth, what was it, 10000 altogether? Yeah, so she's like, these three books, well, she calls a friend in, this guy Hans, yes. who's, who's like the real expert, who's in, mm-hmm. into all this stuff. And he's like, for these three books, you can get about 10000 bucks. But there's a fourth book that's super rare. Mm-hmm. And if you can get that, you can get $300,000. Now, the reason the book's super rare is because it's a book about binding a demon. And once you've, like, bound the demon and it's done your bidding, the book will self-destruct. Yeah. The so only the time it doesn't self-destruct is when you betray the demon and trap it and it can't collect on its payment. Right. So... The book is it... basically a legal document that burns after the demon collects. <laughs> yes. 
And so it, the only way you could find the book is I, I would assume also you can find the book if it just hasn't been used. Yeah. But you could also only find the book if the if there's a demon somewhere that has been betrayed. Wink, wink, hint, hint. How did Things they make aren't... these books? Do you think you could just reprint one? <laughs> well, yeah, because clearly there's multiple copies in the past. Yeah. Yeah, and they look like they're handwritten. Mm-hmm. So I guess it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to bind well, a demon. They don't look like they're handwritten. Are they printed? I guess. Well, they got okay. They yeah, they have wood. They have woodcuts in them. Yeah. Um, they're beautiful books. So just you know, not surprisingly, everything in this show looks like it was designed by Guillermo del Toro. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, I know it wasn't. I know that he has designers working with him, and uh, Guy Davis mm. did the. Well, he was a creature concept designer. Uh, Daniela Blumenthal is a graphic designer, uh, uh, and Emerson Dirkskin was the sculptor. And there was just the, the design work for this is crazy, which you can expect from Guillermo del Toro. Yeah, no, it's a, uh, it's really beautiful. Guy Davis, um, I want to make sure I get his credit right. Uh, he's mm-hmm. a comic book artist as well. That makes and a lot of sense. <laughs> he, I mean, he's done design work for The Strain, Pacific Rim, Crimson Peak, Shape of Water. But he also is the regular artist for the BPRD comic, the uh, Hellboy spinoff, which mm. I love. And his work is amazing in it. Uh, so while it's very Guillermo del toro when you finally see the creature, uh, spoiler alert, there's a creature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's also very Guy Davis-y. So they yeah. go back to the storage facility to find the fourth book. He and this guy, Hans. Mm-hmm. And they dig around. And what do they find? They find... A false wall. <laughs> they definitely find the false wall. And what is behind the false wall? A stinky a tunnel. room. It's a tunnel. I don't it's understand where tunnel. the tunnel came from. It is the stinkiest tunnel. So this is a little leap of logic. You're right. So uh, it's it's an, it's an ornate tunnel, almost a catacomb. Do you uh, think maybe uh, the guy who had the storage like box, the storage thing, maybe he founded the storage facility and just built it around the uh the weird creepiness but i'm like where is the where is the tunnel like they're not underground where is the tunnel it's alternate demon dimension i guess that's all i can guess <laughs> like i don't understand where the tunnel goes to like wow you would not see this from the outside of the storage facility there's a weird dirt cave on coming out of the end of right, the storage right. facility What's that big tube sticking out of the storage <laughs> facility it's a demon cave, and inside yeah. the demon cave is a giant binding circle, and inside the giant binding circle is... A faceless corpse. Yeah, so the guy who owned the storage facility, you find out, was a Nazi occultist, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> and he summoned a demon, but he had to bind the demon to a person, so he bound the demon to his sister, who went missing. Mm-hmm. That was the whole thing. His sister went missing. Yeah. Only, I guess, people in the demonology world know that he did this. Uh, what the thing bound on the floor, bound into the circle, it's like sort of adhered to the floor, is a, is a human corpse mm-hmm. that used to be the sister. It has the creature inside it, but it's eaten her face away. Yeah. because it, So it's it, just a dried out body with no face and a thing living inside it. Yeah. Um, it's really cool to look at, though. <laughs> yeah. No, this thing is amazing. Yeah. I love it. I love um, the way it looks. Uh, and, okay, I have a question. What's why, your question? Why do why do why in every movie do demon people like not demon people but like occultists make their like circles out of sand? Out of sand. Why aren't they more permanent? I think maybe it just has to do with how you have to like 
maybe you have to make them out of sand. Like maybe the 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 tenuous, the dangerous nature of it is then, part of the like mix sand and paint together. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm wondering if like if the fact that it can be disturbed is part of the binding. Like there has to be an element of danger of mm-hmm. sacrifice. Like, or else, what's the point? Like, everyone would do this? Maybe that's it. I don't know who you're speaking of for everyone, but even if there was a permanent binding for a demon, <laughs> I don't think I would summon one. <laughs> yeah, we've learned our lesson uh, with uh, the Sandman series, another Netflix series. Like, yep. if you call something and bind it in a circle, it's not going to be happy. Yeah. Um. We don't really find out why, why did he summon this demon. Like, what, I assume what, the reason any like Nazi occultist would summon a demon bad reasons. <laughs> he su- he summons it. He is su- he gets, puts it into his sister. He binds Probably, it. Like, get because what they talk about his insatiable appetite for things and stuff and. But like, he life. couldn't. He couldn't use the demon to get any of that, could he? Or else the I thought deal that would be done. the. I thought that the whole thing was the deal was done, but the demon didn't get its payment. Oh, I see. I see. I see. So it's just a betrayed demon. I get it. I get it. Uh, That makes sense. So Tim Blake Nelson is an idiot, and he walks through the summoning circle and disturbs it. Okay. To be fair, literally. Okay. I mean, once I saw the corpse, I probably wouldn't touch anything because that's a crime scene. But, uh, but Hans isn't exactly the most like. charismatic salesperson in this situation don't touch it because it's a spooky demon just say don't touch it because it's a crime scene yeah i'm just like i if i was walked into a room with a desiccated corpse with no face and something squirming around inside it and on the other side of the room was three hundred thousand dollars i would hug the wall i would be like you know what (laughs) i'm gonna just go around I'm not going to walk There's straight across the There's plenty of space in that room. Yeah. I would just feel like, I'm just going to, I'm going to give this a wide berth. I don't necessarily believe in demons, but I don't want to go anywhere near the dried up corpse. Also, as you said, definitely a crime scene. Yeah. So he doesn't walk around it. He walks right over it, disturbs the, or step over the chalk. I just, the dirt. <laughs> it just, don't, don't mess things up. He messes things up. The demon... I think even if he hadn't like disturbed the the sand, I think it, just stepping on it would have been enough. I think. Was I what don't he was know, saying. but the, it comes bursting out of this poor woman's face. At least she's long dead. Yeah, tentacles all over the place. Uh, it are they eats... tentacles or are they tongues? Tongueticles. I don't know. <laughs> They're gross. Uh, they they grab Hans and eat him. And then they chase Tim Blake Nelson throughout the storage facility. And this is where it gets the most easy comics at this point. We do see the book spontaneously combust after being told that books don't spontaneously combust. The demon doesn't go back to demon land. It chases him through the storage facility. And uh, he almost he gets to a door, but the door is locked. Mm -hmm. And on the other side of the door is Amelia. Yes. Bedelia. What ha- what does Amelia Bedelia do? Uh, she stands there as he's begging for help and is like, I'm going to not. Uh, in fact, I'm going to make it harder for you to get out. And she puts the lock that he gave her. Because he gave her the broken lock of the storage unit and was like, yeah. maybe you can do something with this because he's an ass. Uh, and she she puts it on the, the door and then just leaves. Now, and he's like, I'll give you whatever you want. And she like just walks off. And 
okay, so I get why this happened, but also I'm like, even if this guy had been like the worst guy in the world to me, I I probably would have let him out. Like, I wouldn't. He's There's a demon for, in there. I guess that's true. But he's screaming <laughs> for his life. I don't know if I could not help someone who is begging me for their life. Like, I'd probably just be like, yeah, I'll let you out. Not she doesn't. Way. She's like, I, I've dealt with the predator. I know what this is all about. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he gets eaten by the demon. Uh, I probably, because she doesn't see the demon. So I guess I probably would let him out if I didn't know the demon was there. But I also would be like, what the hell, yeah. man? <laughs> he gets eaten by the demon. The, the end. end. Like, yep. that's it. We get a cool shot of him being eaten by the demon. We do. Uh, uh, a first-person POV of, of demon eating, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. We get to see its teeth. And we started the episode with the old man whose storage facility it was, mm-hmm. presumably. Like, it's actually kind of a long sequence. He's, like, in his chair watching well, the news. Well, not presumably, because he has the key with the chain on it. Right, right. Says, yeah. <laughs> He's watching the news. He's this old man. He gets up. It's obviously a person just like dressed as an old it's like it's makeup like mm-hmm. this isn't a real old man what if it's he a, is it's a person in old man makeup uh i mean there's no way this is an actual old man what if he is and you've just insulted him okay what if it is and i just insulted an actual old man is james neely an actual old man well James Neely is an entrepreneur and innovator, according to <laughs> according to Microsoft Bing. Um, I can't tell. He's not listed anywhere. Like he's got credits, but they're all like short films and stuff. Maybe he's an actual man. I don't know. It looked like a fake old man to me. In any case, he starts chopping up animals. I thought it was squirrels. You thought it was snakes. It looked like a snake. (laughs) With a squirrel face. I don't know. He's chopping up animals, skinned animals in his kitchen, and then he has a heart attack and dies. It's kind of a long sequence considering the length of this episode, and it Mm -hmm. doesn't really come into play. No. Like, he doesn't seem particularly, like, haunted or like he's been suffering from, like, a demon or anything. No. I think just it was a... It was it was just a, a view of, of this old man who summoned a demon and is still miserable. <laughs> I guess, but, like, he's so old and, like, slow. Like, he's he's still alive. He doesn't... I was just like, oh, I guess he lived the rest of his life and he was okay? Um, he definitely wasn't okay. He was completely alone and eating TV dinners. Well, yeah, but as I said up top at the beginning of the, we started watching it, I was like, nah, that's kind of the ideal life for me. Just like... Be abandoned, be abandoned by your children and watching in, 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 inflammatory politics. Mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think my life is going to be? I will definitely be, be abandoned by my children. That's and not true. <laughs> you have too many podcasts to record. Uh, once I summon a demon and give it your body to inhabit, I'll be abandoned. Hey, I mean, that's one hell of a way to die. If I die proving demons are real, hell yeah. <laughs> Vindicated. Um, so... And then at the end, Tim like Nelson, I guess the the whole point of the episode is like, don't be racist. Don't be racist. Or you'll get eaten by a tongue demon. Oh, yeah. We also find out that Tim Blake Nelson was like a veteran. There's a lot of stuff in here about the Iraq war. Like the mm-hmm. Iraq war is on the TVs in the background through the whole thing. So there is this there is this sort of sub theme of 
like it's like the the hatred inside of you will consume you in the end right and like american involvement and other in like places we don't belong like the sort of like uh, interventionist politics i don't know it's very strange it's very definitely set in the 90s though during Mm -hmm. the bush the first bush administration during the war in iraq the first war in iraq uh maybe it's about how like because there was another bush and another war in iraq maybe it's about how like the sins of the past are repeated on us like we think we bury things. We think things are done, but then they all come back to haunt us. I don't know. My takeaway was don't be racist, especially don't be racist to women who are begging you for their family photo albums because they will lock you in a storage room and you will be eaten by a tentacle monster. And you'll deserve it. And I guess his friend Eddie's fine and gets away. Yeah. I guess okay. the... First of all, probably not because he has to open up the storage facility afterwards and there's oh, still yeah. a demon in there. <laughs> I guess that thing is just in the storage facility now. When are demons supposed to go back to... Do demons want to go back to hell? To demon town. I guess not. I guess if the binding circle... I guess if it's... But you have to put a demon in a binding circle in order to ask it for something. So how do you send the demon... I guess maybe there's a spell to send it back, but then... No, because then the book would have burned up. I don't know. How does how do you send that demon back? I think the moral of the story is you shouldn't summon a demon because don't you can't control it. <laughs> summon demons. So yeah, so now the demon's loose. I guess Eddie will come back the next day and be eaten. I guess everyone's doomed. Maybe he'll he'll like look in and like see a tongue demon and be like, mm, nope. But someone's no. gonna show up. I mean, people have keys to the storage facility. They're they gonna probably, get in. Yeah. I mean, I would just be like, you know what? I wipe my hands of this situation. Yeah, yeah. Just I'm going to go contact Agatha because she's a witch, and I'm going to yeah. see what she can do about it. So, yeah, I want to see more adventures of Agatha. I want to know more about her booming business. Mm-hmm. I want to know more about her art Her giant feelings, bookshelves. Her giant bookshelves. Her her prim and proper clothes. Uh, I, I want to know more about this world. I liked the world they built. Uh, I, liked the, I liked the set. I liked the sound design. I liked the costuming. And the acting was really good. Yeah, uh, I, I, like everyone, everyone sort of like gave it their all. It's it's a it's a decent show. Oh, I liked the auctioneer. Mm-hmm. I liked the guy who ran the auction. His name is T- his name is Tony Munch. Hell yeah! You might know him from such things as uh, Boondock Saints two, and the role of Chad in Degrassi: The Next Generation. All right, Degrassi: The Next Generation, the role. Of Chad. Yes, I am looking up to see if I recognize Chad from Degrassi because I did okay. watch Degrassi the Next Generation. There was another witch in this 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 episode. Uh the woman who first started bidding on the Oh that's the right, that's shed. right. There was a woman who was very interested in this stuff. Yeah, the people at the uh I believe she is listed in the uh in the credits as Acid Jeans. Her name is Acid Jeans. She looked like a witch. I don't know. Everyone looks like a witch in this episode. She's played by Elise Bowman, who you might know from the TV series Working Moms. Nope. Uh, The Good Witch TV series. Nope. Uh, How to Buy a Baby. No. She was in a short TV series uh, based on Carmia, I guess. Young Badlands. I don't know. I think she's a Canadian actress. All right. Yes. There's a lot of Canadian actors. Was this show made in Canada? If it was, it was better than Antlers. Yes, this show was better than Antlers. I like a good short mm. show. <laughs> like, I'm excited like... to watch the rest of it. So am I. And I was going to say up top that 
one thing that I find fascinating by this. Oh, and the music was uh, the the theme song was by uh, Holly Amber Church. I really liked the theme music. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that's really interesting about this is this is now relying on and this is our first time really seeing this happen because we had the strain which was a game mm-hmm. toro tv series and we've had troll hunters game toro tv series this is the first thing that since the strain really that's really trying to trade on game toro as a brand mm-hmm. like you you're supposed to now know what this is going in you're going to get yeah. some cool designs some cool monsters like do you think like the public at large at this point is aware enough of Guillermo del Toro and what to, like, do you think enough people know what to expect from, or think they know what to expect from Guillermo del Toro? I think so. Um, yeah. I think that, that the, I don't think people know his name as much as they should, because every time I mention him, they're like, who's that? And I yeah, say right. one of his movies and they're like, Oh, that guy. Like, I think, um, I think that there is definitely, uh, like, especially after shape of water came out. Yeah. Um, like there's definitely a vibe that people get. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if you say like shape of water guy. Yeah. Or pan's labyrinth. Uh, right. <laughs> so, uh, he's not directing any of these, but he did, mm-hmm. uh, he did contribute the stories to two of them. So, uh, so yeah. So, I mean, this is a very Gamma del toro story. Uh, it's, it's, it's a little bloody. It's got a monster. Is there any blood in this? Yeah, he gets hit in the head. Oh, that's right. He gets hit in the head <laughs> he, with a hammer. He gets hit in the head with a hammer, and that's that's the somehow blood in this. that's the scariest part of. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I wouldn't it, say. Yeah, I didn't find it scary. No, it is dope though. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 very well done. I liked that. I guess that it was human hair, and that there was a false wall. <laughs> right, right, uh, and the monster was very cool. Yes. Um, and Guillermo, Guillermo Navarro, nice job directing. Mm-hmm. So that was Lot 36. Uh, in our next episode, we will be taking a look at Graveyard Rats, based on the short story by Henry Kuttner, directed by Vincenzo Natali, and uh, written by Vincenzo Natali, and, and, and written. Wait, what did I just what? say? <laughs> written and directed by Vincenzo Natali. All uh, right graveyard rats so join us next time uh we'll just keep doing these until we get interrupted by pinocchio bye pinocchio goodbye pinocchio i've heard good things about pinocchio so have i it's getting good reviews yeah. so uh, until graveyard rats i am phil and i'm willow and we'll see you when it's del toro time, time.